Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. The Thai girls were talking to each other the entire time, clearly making fun of us, of us, right? Talking about our bodies and how inadequate they were. Mm-hmm. All the Korean men, uh, women think uh, Danny? Yes. Danny is good looking. Yes, Korean people think Dan is good looking. Mm-hmm. He has small face. So maybe I should just move here. Mm-hmm. I think you should go to the hospital. You think I should yeah, go to the hospital? Yeah, he needs some help. So he needs help in his head, right? He needs yeah, head help. Yes. I do need head help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can't say uh, slang, right? Here. Why not? Oh, really? Yeah. Why? What happened? <laughs> He's good looking. Dosvidanya. You're listening to the Jay and Dan podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light. Jason, we miss you. Uh, dance. Dance. Hey, we're back. Hey, it's the uh, Jay and Dan podcast for the week of what the heck day is it? It uh, is uh, the 26th of February, 2018. We're uh, we're recording this podcast. We are back from Korea, and it is a Trade Center Day, Dan. Trade right. Center Day. They flew us back specifically for this. Uh, they commandeered an Air Canada plane, and uh, and here we are. We were actually on our return flight with uh, Tessa Virtue's mother, who uh, pulled me aside before we got off. She said, I'm Tessa's mom, and I uh, just want you to know that uh, your interview that you guys did with them was their favorite part of the Olympics for interviews. So I guess winning the gold. So winning the gold medal for interviews was, was their favorite part. A close second. Oh, what happened? Uh, there's a lot of squeaking. Oh, is everything okay? I'm squeaking. Hopefully everything's okay. Uh, this studio... Oh, they're fixing the front door. This studio is uh, a sweltering uh, 1,000 degrees right now. Uh, they're calling... Uh, see, what happens here, Dan, at the CTV studios in, in Scarborough, for our listeners who don't know, we can't just turn down the thermostat here. We have to call Quebec and ask them to do it. This is not a joke. And we called Quebec. No one was there right now. Nobody's there. Um, Everybody's at the Depanner uh, getting their smokes for the day. So once they get in to, uh, to the Bell uh, headquarters, then hopefully we can turn the heat down They'll in here a little bit. They'll see 37 missed calls from Toronto. They're like, ah, we'll get to that later. It's fine. Let's go to lunch. Who wants to talk to them? We just traded them plecanets. Uh Dan, uh, you mentioned it. We were on a plane back from... Uh, I, I saw a fascinating tweet today. The, uh, the U.S. men's curling team won gold, which yep. still fascinates me. Uh, the, uh, for some reason, the U.S. men's curling team Twitter account decided to tweet at Delta. I guess uh, the U.S. Olympic team flies Delta. Pretty good airline for an American airline. And, um, and they said, uh, could we get an upgrade for the boys? Uh, they just won gold. And Delta actually replied back publicly, uh, sorry, uh, we don't have the room. <laughs> But we're happy that you guys won gold. Now, what's your strategy there? If you're Delta, do you not just not reply... And then direct message them and say, uh, we can't do it. We're so sorry. Because re- the public reply looks really, really bad. Yeah, but then everyone's like, oh, you got to win gold to get an upgrade. Yeah, I guess you do. You c- and even if you do, you don't get one. Uh, speaking of flights, do you see our buddy uh, Mark McMorris, his uh, Instagram video? Who was on his plane? Lindsey Vaughn. Looks like there may be a budding romance. Lindsay's looking for love. And, uh, in all the wrong places. Right? Sounds like she's looking for it in the right places. A Delta flight back to the States. Uh, so, Pyeongchang, what an experience. We spent our last night in Seoul. Uh, 
I'm glad we discovered that on our last night because we discovered that we are three hours from Seoul and the Olympics were essentially in a farmer's field. Yeah, we were in the country. Pyeongchang was very much the country. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Uh, the, 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 the food was delicious. The yep. people were wonderful. The venues were terrific. But Seoul was just a whole other, a whole other beast. It's a massive city. First, I didn't realize there were... I thought there were 10 million. Someone said there's like 20 million people in Seoul. It's gigantic. It's, it'd be the equivalent of uh, North Koreans leaving their country and just going anywhere in South Korea and saying, what? This what is here? What the heck? This is here? Because when we got to Seoul that night and we sat down and had dinner and, and the beautiful women who were strolling by us and uh, not just women, but men, they were also stylish and cool. And, and it wasn't like that in Pyeongchang. It was different. It was different there, Dan. I'm trying to dance around this as best I can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Seoul was very cool. Very um, cool. Here's another uh, eye-opener we had on the drive to Seoul. South Korean truck stops. Oh, the best. Like, the best. Like, what do we have, what do we have in Ontario? The uh, on-the-go? Yeah, we got the on-the-go. Okay, we have, now let's, you know, again. No, on-route. 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 And you get the Timmy Hortons, which is good. Yeah. Uh, but but in, these tr- in these truck stops... Uh, you had different noodle places and dumpling places, and um, you could you could uh, wash yourself. <laughs> you can wash yourself at the on routes, but uh, yeah, that's it's touching going there. This everything's spotless. Yeah, well, the whole country, Korea, as you pointed out, no garbage cans. Somehow, no garbage. Um, Never saw any uh, crappy vehicles either. Everyone's got a nice car over there. Well, a lot of, not surprisingly, a lot of Kias, a lot of uh, Hyundais. Hyundai, like Sunday. No, yeah, Hyundai. Hyundai. Yeah, that's what Nikki said. Hyundai. Um, the one thing uh, the South Koreans have not figured out, all the technology they have, are the bathrooms inside their living quarters. Right. There's no now, we, now, to be fair, we only had one... See, we had two experiences. We were in a beautiful hotel in Seoul where it was, it was very separated and very North American and good. And then we had these condos, which was not so good. I don't know if every South Korean bathroom has an open shower open to the toilet. I asked Mickey, and she said, oh, yeah, that seems to be the way. Really? And they don't heat that part of the house, which is odd because, again, you're naked and wet. Yeah, yeah, those, those bathrooms got pretty wet. Pretty naked and wet. The Dan O'Toole story. Oh, you had a pretty exciting Olympics, it seems. <laughs> Spent the whole time naked and wet. Uh, what else did we discover over there? So, in general, I think you and I can say, uh, hoping that the Russians won't come after us, that that Korea did a better job at the Olympics than Russia did. I think, despite the terrifyingly close proximity to North Korea, I didn't feel any fear whatsoever no danger as someone pointed out it's like living with an annoying neighbor they they're just over it yeah i don't think they they fear them or anything they don't think about it at all no no we got to visit the penis park uh that was our last story we did um again very quickly something to do with a woman her husband went off to sea to fish uh he died uh and then he, he and then peed another in the man ocean. peed in the ocean and exposed themselves. So the fish went away, and then he peed in the ocean, then the and fish they came, came back. back. So they thought that was channeling the spirit of the fisherman who died. So they started to create an homage to him in the form of many penis statues. Yeah. And so there's an entire park filled with penis statues. And I got to say, it was really fun just hanging around <laughs> that penis park. 
But the scenery. What are my, that, one of my favorite uh, stories we've ever done. The scenery was straight out of a storybook. <laughs> storybook penis. The Jay and Dan story. Storybook peen. Do you think there's like kids' books about the penis park and all the penises in the park? And you could buy, um, you could buy souvenirs, penis-shaped uh, booze caps. Well, the museum attached to it was five stories. That's a lot of... <laughs> Do you think there's one five-story in there? We didn't go in. We didn't have time. No. We everything never had time was a for rush. anything. We had, everything was a massive rush. We had to get... <laughs> pardon the pun. We had, we, we had to get a story done in the morning, and then we had to do the show, and then we had some time in the afternoon... An evening to relax, and we got to go to... So every night we would go to Cafe Nuts. Now, I think we mentioned Cafe Nuts on previous podcasts. It was the only bar that was open in between the Media Village and the Athletes Village after all the um, country houses would shut down. So Canada had a house, Czech Republic had a house. Every country has a house where the athletes and their families of those countries can go specifically. And then usually they open it up to other people to come and sample some cuisine of yeah. that country. But they shut it down early. They don't want to deal with the riffraff. Exactly. They, they would usually... Canada House shut unusually early, like 11 o'clock. Yeah. Uh, most houses would shut at 12. And by then, everyone's just getting going. They wanted somewhere to go. Well, Cafe Nuts was kind of the only option, and it turned into a giant fire hazard That's every right. single night. Yeah, the capacity was probably 200 people and then they would fit about 600. Yeah. And we aren't exaggerating. Uh, we ran into some Koreans on our last night, and we were asking them, I said, are there fire codes here? And they're like, uh, what's that? And yeah. I'm like, like capacity. Like a fire marshal says yeah. you can only have this many people in here no, because no it's problem. unsafe. They, and they said, <laughs> nah. I said, what? And they said, are you scared? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they like uh. to terrify us. <laughs> so we uh, always had an escape route. That's right. In our heads. That's right. And the was, escape route was over a railing. Yeah, it was over the balcony uh, to, the, uh, to the pavement below where we would likely dislocate both MCL and ACL in each knee. So if you run into, a, live, if you run into a Canadian Olympian, um, ask them about Cafe Nuts and they'll laugh. I will say this, Dan. The thing that I enjoyed most about Cafe Nuts is pretty much every night there would be Canadian Olympians in there. Uh, many of them who had just won their gold medals. I uh, had a long conversation with uh, Brady Lehman right after he won his gold medal. Such a terrific guy. And they'd just be, you know, like you said with John Morris, taking out their gold medal. People would say, can I take a picture with you with the gold medal? Can I wear the gold medal? They'd be like, sure, take it. Yeah. Go ahead. Everyone's so generous. And the thing that the Canadian Olympians said to us, Dan, was that this is almost like a three Olympics team. This was started in Vancouver for most of them. Went to Sochi together, and most of them are kind of finishing up in Pyeongchang. So this, the COC did a great job of making sure that all these Olympians spent time together outside of their events. So every time you'd go to an event, you'd go to a hockey game, there'd be tons of other Olympians from other, other sports there cheering them on. And you really got the sense that, uh, that this was a very close-knit group. Uh, not just, you know, the bobsledders close-knit with each other, but everybody... Uh, from every different discipline. And I sent a tweet out. I said, this is the happiest I've ever seen Canadian Olympians because I don't remember any of this taking place in Sochi. No, I don't either. Um, I'm trying to think why that would be. Well, one thing about Canada House this time is they open it up to the general public. So in Sochi, they restricted it just to Olympians and their families, uh, which is what they still do for USA House. 
Most houses open it up uh, for a fee, of course. You got to pay to go in, which I think is fair. It's like twenty-five bucks. Yeah, I think that's fair, except for Austria House, which was outrageously expensive. Yeah, but, um, but the food was better. Let's give the Austrians <laughs> credit; they had better food. But um, uh, yeah, they closed it off in Sochi. So maybe by opening it up, Dan, uh, they fostered a bit more of a, uh, a communal environment, if you will. One thing we did miss, which I'm really upset at, and I mean we just missed them as we were leaving Pyeongchang. Our friends, the Arkells, were arriving in Pyeongchang. Like, I mean, literally at the same time. And they played a couple of concerts there. And just judging by the video we've seen, man, it looked like they put on an amazing show. No, we left at the right time. Okay. We were gone. <laughs> because, yeah, we would have wanted to stay longer. Well, that's true. I did want to kind of get out of there at that point. Yeah. So, um, again, if you ever get the opportunity attend an Olympics and go to Canada House because it's almost like uh, you're on an all-inclusive vacation and everyone goes their separate ways and then at the uh, middle of the day or end of the day you run into the same people and say oh what'd you do today yeah and you yeah. get to you get to know people and you get to see them and it's great seeing Canadians that are so far away from home uh, and just uh, getting to know them and and getting to know how their Olympic experience is and everyone uh, loved their experience and we met a lot of people Dan who volunteer for the COC and had done it for multiple Olympics now and this is like just a thing they do they volunteer for every Olympics uh, they get to go to the Olympics they get to they get put up it's something you might want to consider if you want to come to the Olympics. Volunteer. Well, Help that's, out. I think that's what I'm going to do when we get fired <laughs> or we retire. So, next Olympics. <laughs> no, we'll be there. Yes. Yes, it's already been decided. in Tokyo. Yes, it's already been decided. Dan and I will be at the next Olympic Games in Tokyo. Uh, producer Tim is already scheduling time off for that particular portion uh, of our workday. He does not want to be involved anymore. My understanding is it took years off his life. Now, he was back here the whole time. He wasn't even with us, and he was still very stressed out. I don't get it. We were the ones running around on no food and shooting stuff and looking at penises and doing shows with 70-kilometer winds on top of a building thinking we were going to die. I was terrified in that windy show. When you just, what you just described was more like a porn shoot or something. <laughs> Holy shit, it's hot in here. Yeah, it's hot in this studio. I don't know what uh, is, uh, what would make someone think we'd want Has Montreal, have they showed up to work yet? Well, what I'm wondering, so we're here at 8 in the morning. Uh, I know it's later now, but we got here at 8. Uh, normally, we shoot the show at night. I'm wondering, does Gino, because we share the studio with Gino Retta. He does That's Hockey here. Does Gino like a hot studio? Does he like to get sweaty in the undercarriage down below? No chance. It seems like maybe no one Gino likes a hot studio that. because uh, you get to sleepy time. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Maybe he likes to sleep right after, and so he likes to get really. Uh, he likes to rest a little. Hey, bit. Uh, uh, G Bone, have you got us? G Bone in the control room. Uh, have we got catering today? Okay, we're, we're just told by G Bone, our producer uh, Greg, that uh, we can go over to James Duthie's studio and have some catering for lunch. Perfect. Yeah, yeah uh, you, so you had a breakfast sandwich today, and my understanding is you thought it was pretty tasty. <laughs> I'm going to hit that after this podcast. Now, you know what they should have done? They should have brought in uh, a bunch of Timmies for us, oh. and maybe a, about six two-fours. Why don't we just start drinking in the morning? That's how Trade Center should be. 
Just start drinking at 8 a.m. and see how drunk everyone can get. See who gets the, who would get the drunkest. Uh, two words, Bob McKenzie would be destroyed. But then he's our, he's our like star, so he wouldn't be able to break trade. It sounds it like, like a horrible idea that you came up with. Okay. Or you just have someone in the corner. Doing it would it. certainly be more entertaining. Oh, how about Daryl Sutter? Daryl Sutter's part of our uh, trade center coverage this year. Just have Sutter drinking four beers an hour, one beer every fifteen minutes. I see how many West, beers he he's gets. He's a Western through. boy. Four beers an hour does not phase him. No, I know. Well, but by you don't think by hour six? Not a chance. So that's no. a that's a two four. Yeah, that wouldn't do it. Speaking of the beer, um, six beers an we hour. We later discovered. So another thing was Sochi. There was no beer. You mean Pyeongchang. We no, keep doing this. No, no. In Sochi, oh, you're talking Sochi. There was no beer in the venues. But in South Korea, yes, yes, you could did. buy trays of beer. Yes, you could buy beer in the venues. And then we later discovered that South Korean beer is considered the worst in the world. Do you think the Russians didn't have alcohol sold at the venues for a reason? Yes. Yeah. They and know themselves. Yes, they, they wanted, know. They, they wanted know. to make sure there was no problems. Yeah, yeah, they know. They're aware. How bad did you feel for uh, Ovi when the Olympic athletes of Russia won the gold medal in men's hockey? Well, Kovacek said. Yeah. He said uh, the reason he played over there was because he wanted to play in these Olympics. Yeah, I felt, I felt uh, so bad for Ovi because I know that's, that probably means more to him than winning a Stanley Cup, winning an Olympic gold medal for Russia. And this is... Probably his best opportunity. Hey, uh, speaking of NHLers, uh, former NHLers and the NHL, Chris Kelly is coming back to the NHL. Yeah, signed with Anaheim, I think. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Fisher, they're announcing his deal today with uh, Nashville. All these uh, old guys and coming back. And then the pool and wall, he's got to be next. Yeah, maybe. Someone will Scriven uh, Levita Loki, he's coming back. you got to believe he'd come back. Uh, uh, I, don't, I haven't heard the latest on him. We'll have to ask him how he's doing. I hope he's okay. It's not a concussion uh, situation. I talked to his wife, Jenny, uh, at Canada House. She said it's not a concussion, so that's good. Uh, so maybe he just got uh, maybe a shoulder injury or maybe his penis got sprained uh, going to the penis park. Okay, that's a strange thing to say. Uh, so, yeah, the Olympics. It was a good time. What was the first thing you ate back in Canada? Uh, uh, pasta, as they say in America, or pasta, as we say in Canada. I, had, I asked my wife to make my a wife. nice bolognese. I uh, got some Timmy's, got a steep tea. That was my first stop. Uh-huh. Maybe crushed a 2-4 of Coors Light. Uh, no, no, I was over the beer. Yeah. Oh, Coors, yes. Yes, yes. Yes, I, yes, I had a couple you Coors. You crushed a couple. And then um, I just wanted a standard dish. It sounds really boring, but I was talking about it the entire trip because I was starving the whole trip. I just wanted chicken and rice. Starving the whole trip. Everyone well, was there was, the problem wasn't that there wasn't great food. It was that we were always kind of on the run, so there was yeah. no time for us to eat. Our producer, Guy, over there, I'd say, Guy, we have to eat. He literally said to me, there's no time. There's no time to eat. I but- said... But you should have packed some uh, some energy bars from Popeyes, your favorite uh, supplement. Next time shop. I will remember to do that. Uh, Guy said next Olympics he's going to put a side of beef in his backpack for me. <laughs> Just slicing off beef. <laughs> and that is a brilliant idea. Yeah, yeah. Keep the protein up a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, crush that. And then uh, trying to get over the jet lag, did the old sleep two hours, wake up three hours. Sleep three hours, wake up two hours. How's that working for you? 
I feel okay right now. Yeah, you? I feel better today. Yesterday did not feel good. You we had to be on air yesterday. I hit a big time wall around two o'clock. I was like yelling at my daughter, like, shut your mouth. She's two. <laughs> uh, Olympic souvenirs go over. Uh, went over beautifully. Uh, the stuffed animals, uh, all that, all that fun stuff. Surang. I left a lot of things behind. <laughs> like your I, dreams. Well, that was years ago. <laughs> but I left like clothes, all my TSN gear. Left it with people in Korea. Just threw it at, at them. There was like a, th- a big crowd of people. I threw it at them. My boots. I threw those at some lady. Yeah, I uh, hit her in the head. I left my, uh, I had a big head of mine that someone, oh, we saw them at the uh, Team Canada game. We walked in and people had heads of ours. So we went and joined them and one of them gave me my head. I don't know why. Yeah, like a fat head type thing. It was on a ruler and they were teachers from, well, they're from Canada and they were teaching in Singapore and they brought uh, these Jane Dan heads to the game because they were hoping we'd show up. That was pretty, that was actually one of my favorite I had to keep that hidden though because when your head is a big bobblehead, the, uh, my rat face did not look so ratty anymore. My bird face that the Koreans seem to enjoy. This is one of the big stories of the Olympics is that your tiny, tiny face was uh, very attractive to Korean people and it was suggested that if you were to stay in the country you would become a famous movie star. Why would you ever return here? Why wouldn't you stay and be a movie star in Korea? Speaking of movies, I was watching some Korean movies on the flight back. Whoa, those are better than some Hollywood flicks. Yeah, well, guess what? You could have starred in one had you stayed. I don't know the language. You could be living in Seoul. Well, then just dub your lines. I forget everything I learned. I learned hello and thank you. I've already forgot. Uh, Annyeong haseyo. Annyeong haseyo is uh, hello. Hello. And... Uh, guten Tag. Guten Tag. Oh, that's German. Auf Wiedersehen. What's thank you again? Oh, gosh. How can we forget that after two days? And um, Mickey. Kamsamida. 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 That's thank you. And the movie I watched was about Korea Japanese relations. And um, <coughs> those aren't I, good. Now I understand. Those aren't why good. Mickey said that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. They don't like the Japanese. Uh, your movie reviews from your flight because it's a 14 hour flight. So you get to see some flicks. OK. So you recommended American Made with Tom Cruise. Yep. I thought it was fantastic. Perfect. Great movie. movie. Awesome movie. If you haven't seen it uh, based on a true story, he's great in it. And it's directed by Doug Lyman, who directed uh, Swingers and Go and some other cool movies that uh, escape me right now. Um, it was excellent. I would recommend that. And then I watched two old movies from the 60s. Dan, are you ready for this? Yep. In the Heat of the Night with Sidney Poitier. Oh, I was watching that too. I've watched that like 10 times. Rod Steiger, great flick. They, they call, call me, me Mr. Tibbs. He's awesome. He's awesome in that movie. How long is that spaced out? Is it over a couple? Because it seems like he's there in a couple weeks. He's there for like two days. And I, but solves, it seems like a couple weeks. It. Yeah, it's terrifying in some parts, though. And then, uh, and then I watched, I hadn't seen it for a long time. I was so excited. It was on the plane. The only George Lazenby James Bond movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which some people think is the best Bond movie. Sean Connery had quit the franchise after five movies out of money. So they hired Lazenby, an Australian he was mm-hmm. like an actor. He'd never acted before. He was a model. And it's a, I, I thought he was great in it. He was awesome. I, I can't believe people don't like him in that, that movie. I think he was awesome in it. 
So if you haven't, I've seen, never heard of this James Bond. He was he was only in one, and then Connery came back for Diamonds Are Forever, the next one. And then the other guy was in one, wasn't he? Daltrey uh, or whatever. Uh, his name? Oh, Dalton was in Dal- two. Dalton was in two. He was in two, and. Uh, so yeah, so Connery came back, and then Roger Moore, and then Harry Styles is the new James Bond. Harry Styles from One Direction. I don't know. Is that true? I think that's what I heard. Is uh, they're trying to get Danny Boyle from Train Spotting to direct the new Bond? I read that last week. So- I think that Daniel Craig could move on. Let's get some new blood in here. What about Susan Boyle? Susan Boyle is James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> what about Idris Elba? Everyone wants Idris Elba to Dad, do it. He'd be a, good. He'd be good. His uh, uh, debut is in The Wire, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, or or uh, that Tom Hiddleston or whatever. I don't think he'd be good. Um, Air Canada, always great airline. Up your movie quota. Yeah, or it's refresh they're not, they're not weighing the plane down. Yeah, refresh them. Get us some more stuff. Or the podcasts. Like, everyone wants to listen to podcasts. So I'm like, oh, let's see what podcasts they have. They have this, they've had the same ones for a year. Put our podcast on there, Air Canada. Aeroflot. Throw that on there. Aeroflot, the uh, official airline of Russia, which we flew over to uh, Sochi, they had approximately 8,000 movies. They, I, I'm going to make it a campaign. I'd like our listeners to make it a campaign to get the Jane Dan podcast on Air Canada. What do you think? I love it. Right? Or just two Archives. more. Archives? Two more movies. Just two more films. What would they get, be? Why don't you get some Mr. Dress-Up reruns? Put something on there. Okay, so here's what you put on there. Two movies. What are they? You can choose any two movies. What are those movies? Uh, B-movie. Okay. Classic. Yeah. And Moulin Rouge. Okay. For me, it would be Smokey and the Bandit 1 and Smokey and the Bandit 2. Done. And you add those movies, so you add those four movies, and you've got a perfect entertainment option on Air Canada flights. Call me crazy. Um, I like the Air Canada meals. Um, Because people always complain about airline food. I love it. So I think, I want to make sure I'm getting this right, the David Hawksworth, the Vancouver chef, he has a a restaurant called Hawksworth. wonder how, how he got that name. He... Makes all the meals now, personally, by hand. Thousands and thousands of them. So shout out to Hawksworth. He's doing a nice job with that. Yeah, the food is good. Food is good. Uh, it's nice to get fed overseas. <laughs> it's nice to get fed anywhere. No, but you know, you, in a domestic flight, you don't get fed anymore. So Unless you're in business, but you know what I mean. Um, mentioned the cleanliness of uh, Korea. It Did is so clean. to that Air Canada bathroom. It was so clean. I saw, well, as we were walking through the airport, we had to walk a while because the cab drive dropped us at the other end of the airport. Yeah, he did. That's right. He messed up. You constantly see these people. It looks like they're uh, in uh, little scooters, but it's a scooter with a mop on the front. So they're just cruising around, cleaning Mm. everything up. A gentleman was cleaning a carpet with a roll of tape and mm-hmm. getting all the lint mm-hmm. off the carpet yeah, at an airport. Very, they're very serious about cleanliness. That was the cleanest airport, actually, I've ever been in in my entire life. So uh, if you're going to Korea, hit, hit up the airport and the truck stops. That's it. Pretty much it. It's all you need to see. Yeah. Get yourself a big rig. <laughs> Travel around South Korea. Don't go across the DMZ. That's not going to work out for you. Okay, so we went to the DMZ, and I was talking to people that also went, and they said, did you go to the meeting area? This is the one that everyone sees in the movies. Yes. So it's a building 
where in, they literally meet, where North Korean South there's a, a North Korean building and a South Korean building, and they meet in these buildings, and there's guards there, everything. But Correct. you have to get security clearance, and it takes months, and we don't plan that. And well. if you go, they you will literally have South Korean guards standing next to you as you go there. Yeah. Whereas ours was more. I thought ours was better because there you're just in buildings. The one we went to was on the coast, essentially a lookout, like a high lookout on a mountain where you got to see on one side North Korea and the other side South Korea. I'd rather, I just wanted to see, gaze upon the country with my own eyes. I wanted to see those soldiers and I saw pictures because you're allowed to take pictures and these guys are staying there stone faced, sunglasses on, and they said if you step within like a foot or two of them, you're told they will strike you down. Mm -hmm. They I'd will like them to try to that ground. with me. Cause an international incident. Well, how cool would that be if I got in a fight with a North Korean soldier? Hand-to-hand -hand combat. That would be good for ratings. Um, true story. John Morris, who we hung out with uh, quite a bit, he wanted... Gold medal winner in mixed yes, doubles. He wanted to bring his gold over there and try, like, hey, guys, let's all get along. He, he, wanted, to, he wanted to create peace. John Morris. And one piece of news to report. <laughs> Gold medal winning curler John Morris is dead. <laughs> but and I love that. He, he's such a uh, fun-loving guy that he was serious. He's like, I want to go over there. I want to I try and create peace. I don't think anybody had more fun at the Olympics than John Morris. Uh, we'll have to get him on the podcast to, to Scott talk Moore about did. this. Yeah, Scott Moyer might have had more fun. But, but John, I, I would argue, had more fun because Scott had to pretty much behave himself. Well, he didn't have to, but he did until his event, which was halfway through the second week, and then he really ripped it up. But then he had We're, one last skate, and they skated to the Tragically Hip. Yeah, that was very cool. But, but John had his event so early, and then it was just party time for the rest of the Olympics. The other thing, our friend Mark McMorris, uh, who we got to hang out with, such a lovely guy, wins bronze in the uh, slope style at the beginning, and then doesn't have big air to like the very end. That was annoying. Like, why didn't they push those events together a little bit? So he, he hung out with his up. Burton people. They took yeah, care of him. They he know. went to the Burton shop in Seoul. And yeah, yeah. Signed some Burton boards and hung out. I didn't leave. I didn't leave the hotel after we went to dinner. I took eight showers because it was warm. Boy, nobody needed to hear that. <laughs> what was going on in there? But a rainfall shower. A lot of Dan was very wet and steamy. <laughs> And the toilets, the Toto toilets? <laughs> Those were made by the guys who uh, <laughs> did Africa and Rosanna. Heated, seat, heated toilet seats. Yeah. That's, that's the a, first time I ever had that one. Should be a, that should be a must. That should just be a standard thing. Uh, I checked the, uh, the price on Amazon, and not so cheap. For toilets? A Toto toilet? Five grand. Perfect. Put one in the house in Orno. How many bathrooms you got in there? Seven? <laughs> We barely have one. 35K of toilets going in this week in Toolsy's Orno <laughs> Mansion. Hey, can we get a sponsorship deal with Toto? If we could get some Toto toilets, I would, I would be pretty excited. If, if Coors Light wouldn't mind sharing the sponsorship a little bit. Well, we've got the Coors side seats. They could have the Toto toilet seats. So everyone sits on heated toilet seats for our interviews. That's not a terrible idea. But then, what if you have to relieve yourself during the interview? You just go. The only thing, though, first time you sit on a Toto toilet, uh, it's just all pictures. You don't know how to work anything. I have a question. Are we on to something here? We do all our interviews on toilets with our pants down? And then you just... That's and then everyone 
you can keep the interview going until one person relieves themselves. Here's the problem. We jumped the shark years ago. People would be like, they've gone too far. This would be the That moment. would be it? The Toto Toilets? <laughs> yeah. I love this idea. Has anyone got in touch with Montreal? It's hot. It's gotten hotter. Yeah, it's hot in here. I'm falling asleep. G-Bone? Nope. We've talked to them three times. We've had contact with Can Montreal. Can you tell them to go to 61 degrees? 61 degrees. I would love to have a camera on the person taking this call, and they're like, yeah, we're on it. Yeah, and, and then, then hang like, up, yeah. and then go back to uh, looking up porn in French. We oh, have someone spoken. said they just went to Dean Boulder, the head of building ops. Hey, Boulder, figure it out. Hey, Boulder, there's a, a thermostat hey, Boulder, on the get, wall. Boulder, get some toilets installed on this set. It's not hard. You go to the thermostat, you turn it down. Hey, Boulder, two things. Toilets and turn down the heat. Oh, (laughs) Boulder had to call Montreal. So we couldn't call Montreal ourselves. Dean Boulder had to call Montreal. Uh, Speaking of heat, they heat their homes in uh, South Korea by way of the floor. Kerosene. What? By way of the floor. Floor heating. And it's got a mind of its own, kind of like the heat in here. We both burnt our feet. Yeah, we did. It's like, you know how you play the lava game as a kid? Imagine that in real life, and the entire floor is lava. Listen, I, I think we should wrap up by saying this. We had a wonderful time oh, in Korea. Wonderful time. Hell of a place. I'm going to go back. Uh, you might move back there and become a Korean movie star. Everyone stopped you on the street. Wanted to touch your face. And Birdface in Korea Boy for <laughs> Escape from Pyeongchang. Birdface. <laughs> and you just make bird noises, then you and wouldn't have to. my line every movie. Anyang haseyo. No, you wouldn't have to say anything. You just go cheep, cheep. <laughs> uh, by the way, um, that cheap, cheap uh, is from a St. Louis alcohol distributor where they had someone in a bird costume going cheap cheap a canadian um grocery chain is now using that so if the st louis alcohol people hear about that you got some copyright infringement that seems like a very not there's not a ton of ground to sit on there in terms of a lawsuit you're being very vague better contact them directly Uh so think about that galen weston bird face is coming for you (laughs) Contact Diamond and Diamond. They've got a lot of lawyers. Yeah, and they all look the same. (laughs) They're like clones of each other. No chance they're all lawyers. Yeah, they're all like handsome men and women. They've got two guys working the phone. There's not one ugly lawyer in Diamond and Diamond. Like someone comes in, it's like a brilliant litigator, and he has like a hair lip or something. They're like, "Mm, sorry, not at Diamond and Diamond. Get the f*** out of here. Well, this has been fun. <laughs> okay, I gotta go. Uh, okay. sho- I gotta go shower. Seriously, this has been great. Um, we will see you next week. You know who we should have on next week? John Morris. We'll call him up. Yeah, Johnny Mo. Yeah, we'll call him up. See how he's doing uh, post Olympic uh, hangover. He had to fly back and do a shift. He's a fireman. So uh, we'll check in with Johnny Mo and our friend Robin Black. Okay. No, not Robin Black. Robin White. Right? Robin Black's the MMA guy. Yeah. Robin White is our friend from Vancouver. Right. 
Right. So Robin White told me that. So we know a Robin White and a Robin Black. Yeah, we've got a white and a black, and both of them are named Robin. If we get a Robin uh, Brown and a Robin, uh, you know who would not be fun? Robin Beige. Not fun. (laughs) Wouldn't be exciting. But Robin White, he wants to uh, up. He's got an update for us. So hopefully he hasn't ended up in another crack den. Um, East Hastings. Just an update. We are taping this during Trade Center. This is how often they're coming to us. We have not. (laughs) We did one uh, segment with them, and we said, when are you coming back? And they said, two hours. So. Two hours of pushing broom, Maza. Eight by 12, four-bit room. Okay. I I got to go outside. You're looking gamey. Look it. Sweat marks behind the knees. Okay. That's when you end the podcast, everybody. We'll uh, talk to you next week. See you later. They're going home. The Jay and Dan Podcast, presented by our good friends at Coors Light.